Hello, and welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things related to the Christian faith. I'm the Ryan half of Ryan and Brian, and this is episode number 57. Today, Brian and I are starting a new series on the book of Ephesians. We talk about the context and history of Ephesians and the occasion for Paul writing this letter. It's a very interesting conversation I think you will definitely enjoy. Before we get started, just a quick reminder that you can find us at thebiblebistro.com, on Instagram and Facebook at The Bible Bistro. You can watch us on YouTube as well at Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. If you're watching us there, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. We've also set up a Patreon account, so if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to support our continued work, you can do that. You can find a link for that in the show notes, but also by going to the website, thebiblebistro.com and clicking on the link at the top. If you can't financially support us, you could also support the Bistro by simply sharing the podcast with others or leaving us a review on Apple Podcast. That helps as well. All right, let's jump right into our conversation looking at the book of Ephesians. Hey, Brian, welcome hey, back to the Bistro. Ryan, how's it, how's it going? I'm, I'm good. It's you a know, good day. I've been following the uh, social media of Bible Bistro, which everyone should do. But uh, of, well, of course, they you, should. you've been you've had quite a quite a little you've, excursions and well, you're traveling. You know, and, we had the, it's it's my birthday. Yes, happy birthday. Yes, I've how cro- old are you now? I am 41 years old. Wow. Young. Just young. Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's how I feel. Every morning when I wake up, I feel like a fresh chicken. Um, yeah. So, no, we had 41. We went out. We had some coffee. Nice. Went out to a little burger place. You know, when you got kids. <laughs> it, you know, a, it does it, make it, young kids. It makes young a difference. Young kids. It yeah. makes things. You can't yeah. quite. You're as, right. But, you know, it was good, That's and nice. we are on the road again today. Yeah, you're yeah. here in, in one of our studios that we've used before. <laughs> My brother's the, house. Yeah. The, <laughs> I was going to say the, you know, one of the Sarver, many Sarver studios oh, that are. we are worldwide. <laughs> yes. But we're here in Bloomington because yeah. we're also going to. Yeah, Lincoln. We're, we've talked about this a little bit. The place where the college where you and I first met mm-hmm. is in the process of changing their model. And so there's kind of a end of the old model celebration taking place today. So kind of like a wake almost. <laughs> a uh, lot of the alumni are gathering. Now. Yes. I'm singing in the choirs. Yes, so I know you love it when I sing. I do. I like oh. to hear you sing. And I you, you may visit uh, the church where I preach Sunday is the, yes. is the rumor. Yeah, it is. Ru- and not only is it rumor, unless <laughs> I get food poisoning. It's fact. It is okay. fact. It's well, happening. Nice. So Well, it, it is good to have I you can, here uh, in, in Bloomington, Illinois. I can Illinois. shake my head when you... You know, I'll be fact-checking you as you preach. <laughs> and I am going to say, yeah, I love it when somebody says, and the audience is shaking their head. Oh, no. I do it a lot. So the uh, so Lauren is, uh, your, your wife is going to be singing a a trio. trio. Yes. Yeah, so with back, two of her compatriots. Yes, back in the day, at uh, she was part of a trio. She's very well known in... In certain circles for her singing ability, I will say. Yes. Well, she is very yes, good. She's I very know, good but it's singer. just funny when you say in certain circles, like <laughs> around f- a certain five people, they think she's really great. <laughs> anyway, well, no, but she shows she's singing yeah. at this event later today yeah, in Lincoln. So we're looking forward to that. It'll be yeah, good to spend so some time it's, together. I mean, it's nostalgia. And we're going to yeah. visit the original the bistro. bistro. The Bistro. You yeah. got to find this on. 
yeah on instagram on the or, instagram or on facebook we're gonna yeah. at least see the door yeah the, and you're gonna explain to me how instagram works then later so <laughs> <laughs> See what you do is you turn on your phone and you take a picture. Um, okay. Yes. So anyway, so tell us what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to talk about Ephesians. So okay. you know we we love to solicit listener feedback, and mm-hmm. so we have a longtime listener who gave us a suggestion. You know we like to visit lots of different topics, and so the suggestion was kind of. It'd be nice to have some more coherent kind of stuff. <laughs> well, not that the content in each episode isn't right. coherent, but, but that... some, dealing with a, a longer section. Yeah, we jump around quite a bit. We do, and and we we had a couple of times like just before Christmas, we did a short series on Advent, and that mm-hmm. was very well received. And then leading up to Easter, we did several mm-hmm. uh, segments related to that, and so we had some good feedback from that. And so here's what I thought we'd do: we're going to look at the Book of Ephesians, and we're going to kind of walk through it over the next couple of months months probably now we will have some other episodes in there some interviews and some yeah. different things we're going to do so it won't just be every week ephesians for those of you who like the eclectic kind of uh the you know so one of uh, one one of our listeners described it as a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> kind of like force kind of like force gump's mother you know yeah but uh uh, we we are going to hang out in Ephesians and kind of do it. We'll do it systematically so we can kind of walk through the whole book, and that way, you know, if you want to if you want to study it along with us, that'll that'll be you'll be able to do that. Very so. good. Yeah, and there's plenty of good stuff in Ephesians. We've yeah. already yeah. you and I had a little banter right. earlier. Well, but... there's something you're dying to get to. No, I'm not. Di- I'm not dying. Do I look like I'm dying? I'm not dying. But we will next week. We're going to talk <laughs> about a topic that is near and dear to Ryan's heart. So it's near to God's heart. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, anyway yeah. So it's going to be. I, I'm calling it our anchor. Ephesians will be our anchor for the next few months, and uh, we'll we'll kind of work through it. So, so I thought we'd do it kind of an introduction. You know, us us uh, Bible people, we always like to talk about the the purpose of the book and the dating of the book and all that kind of stuff. And Ephesians is an interesting book for a couple of different reasons. Uh, so Paul, uh, I understand Paul to have written this letter to the church and uh, well i'll I'll say more about that (laughs) we understand when we read the introduction that it it says to the ephesians and so paul wrote this letter Mm -hmm. and uh and there are some people who kind of question this for a couple of different reasons one of them is according to the book of acts and other other books of the new testament other letters of paul for example paul had a very close relationship with the church in ephesus uh, you might remember, so so Paul's first missionary journey with Barnabas was a relatively short missionary journey up through Tarsus, uh, 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 Syria and Cilicia up in that area. We think he probably went through Tarsus, uh, although it, doesn't ever, it never says that specifically. But then his second missionary journey, it's very interesting. You, you might remember what happens on it. So he's heading uh, over toward the area, through the area we call Asia Minor, Turkey, Turkey today. And he seems to be heading toward a very, fairly prominent city. And there's a really interesting passage that talks about that that Paul and his traveling companions are heading that way, and that he's prevented, it says, by the Holy Spirit from going on into the area that he seems to be going to, which I think he's heading toward Ephesus there. Mm-hmm. And then he's prevented from going to the north. Instead, he's led then by the Holy Spirit. He's given a vision from a man from Macedonia saying, come over here. And so they cross the Hellespont. They take the gospel for the first time into what we today call Europe. Uh, so they cross the Hellespont over into Greece, and and uh, he spends some time there. He ends up spending 18 months or so in Corinth, mm-hmm. which is another very important city to Paul. 
But then here's the interesting thing. I think his plan in that in that second missionary journey was to head to Ephesus. And and again, the Holy Spirit was directing him differently. Now there's a whole story. Maybe we'll do an episode someday on that passage because it's it's really interesting about the way God sometimes guides us, even with closed doors sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But he, he ends up going and spending time in a place that the Holy Spirit obviously was directing him to go and, and was very important, as I said, uh, that he spent time there. But then even as he returns back to Jerusalem on that second missionary journey, he stops briefly at Ephesus. Ephesus is a port city, stops briefly there, goes on. But then the third missionary journey, it's almost like he makes a direct beeline toward Ephesus. Like, I got to get there. And, and and I think there's a reason for it. Ephesus is one of the most important cities in the ancient world. Now, Rome would have been the most important city. And of course, mm-hmm. there's a later period of time where Paul's like, I got to get to Rome too. I need to preach the gospel there, even though it's already, the gospel's already come to Rome by the time mm-hmm. Paul gets there. But if he, Ephesus is a very important city for him to go to. Uh, you know, it's obviously on kind of on his heart that he wants to go there. It seems like on the second missionary journey he's prevented then on the third missionary journey he goes ends up spending over two years there as far as we can tell from piecing together uh you know of course luke is not giving us an, an entire travel itinerary in the gospel of acts right he's mm-hmm. just kind of giving us bits and Highlights. pieces right and so as near as we can tell uh from what luke tells us the longest paul spends in any one spot on his missionary journeys is Ephesus. And and what seems to happen while he's there, and there's a couple of hints in, in the letter we're going to look at and, and a couple of uh, accompanying letters, what seems to be happening while Paul is there is that there is uh, people who are coming in from kind of the countryside in the area around. So, so Ephesus is the primary city in the province of Asia during this period mm-hmm. of time. And so all, what we call Asia Minor, all these people are traveling in and and then they're going back out and they're carrying the gospel with them. Mm. So Paul doesn't necessarily go out and, and plant churches, let's say, in all of these different areas. But instead, people are coming and receiving the gospel, and then they're going and they're sharing the gospel with other people. And as these communities of Christians begin to grow up, you know, they they're they're surrounding this area of Ephesus. So kind of it'd be, it's, uh, Ephesus is the hub. Paul's preaching, and this is creating a hub, and it spreads out into the area. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of towns and cities that that become very important later on but Ephesus becomes a major center probably one of the third most leading cities in 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 this part of the world during this period of time Paul considers it a very important place and so that's that's what's interesting now all that is to say what's really unusual is you, you know when you read Paul's letters you're used to all these greetings at the end yes. and it's fairly typical in a letter from this period of time that when someone's writing a letter at the end of the letter they'll they'll greet the people who who they're sending it to and they'll send greetings from other people who are with them and Paul does this in almost all of his letters well he spends all this time in Ephesus all this effort in Ephesus and and clearly has a relationship with people there in Ephesus and and yet the letter to the Ephesians contains no personal greetings. Mm. And so people for a long time thought, oh, that's kind of, there's something really funny going on there. The other interesting thing about this is there's a lot of parallels between this and another book, the book of the, the letter to the Colossians. Mm-hmm. So some, some people estimate as much of a third of the material in Colossians and Ephesians are, are parallel. And I'm going to show you one example of a parallel teaching. You, you can almost lay them side by side. And even though Ephesians uses some different language and there's mm-hmm. some different words that are used, like the concepts are almost exactly the same throughout. There's some very, very similar uh, kind of teachings, both in Colossians and Ephesians. And so, you know, all this has caused people 
to kind of wonder, uh, you know, what's going on with these books. So, good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you see them. So do you think like maybe with? I know you're you're going to show us more in this sure. with the Ephesians and Colossians. But do you think some of this Ephesians with not having the greeting is just because he doesn't know them personally yet? Well, I don't think that's it. I think okay. he's already been. If we're dating this correctly, he, he's he's. If we, we understand this, well, this would be and, post him being there. He he would have been there for two years. Yeah. And so, so we think that we think that he would have known. So let, let's go. I, I'm kind of been. Uh, havering here. So let's, let's go ahead and get a little bit more into it. <laughs> okay. But um, this is a good example. Let me, let me sh- just say, sh- say a couple of things. And I was thinking about this as I was preparing uh, for this, for this particular podcast. One of the things I think in my approach to the Bible is I tend to take the new Testament documents at face value. And what I mean by this is that, and I thought I thought about this a lot. I'm not, well, I can say it, but it reminds me also of some of the things we've talked about with when we reviewed the book by Peter Enns and these mm. different things. And we've had some people ask us some different questions. And you know, when a book purports, when it says something, I tend to take that at face value. Now, uh, your other option is to basically say that there is some kind of. Um, how do I say this? There, there's some kind of uh, a, something is being said different than than what the the surface intention seems to be, mm-hmm. and and the only problem with that is I think it, it's hard to know when to stop when that that becomes the issue. Like how let, do you, how do you know when you've got the real meaning or you've let, stretched it too far? Let me give you an example. So so the the uh, uh, first and second Timothy and Titus are called the pastoral epistles. They're they're letters that are addressed to individuals. Uh, I was going to mention Timothy particularly because according to those books, Timothy is left in Ephesus. That's where when Paul's writing these letters to him, Mm -hmm. again, he's writing to this church that he's established and then he's left Timothy there. Now, um, you know, there are some people who doubt the Pauline authorship of of the book of, books of First Second Timothy. They think they're written later. There's a couple of reasons for that. We'll talk about it another time perhaps, but it's hard to fit. Well, it's impossible to fit for Paul to be everywhere he says he's been in first and second Timothy, you can't, you can't correlate that with the book of acts. There has to be what I consider a fourth missionary journey, which I think happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, we'll, again, we'll talk about that another day, <laughs> but, but, but Timothy, uh, you know, so some people think that this wasn't by Paul at all. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes then what they call pseudo pseudepigraphical. So people are not saying it's, it's, it's false, although pseudepigraphical. Pseudo yeah. does indicate false. Well, what it says, what it says, is it it, it was um, given Paul's kind of authority, even though it may have been written mm-hmm. by a disciple of his or or disciples of his, kind of collecting some of his teaching, and then they attributed it to him. Um, and, and so the the thing people would say is, well, everybody knew it though. You know, right. that the, the the original recipients knew this wasn't from Paul, and so so it's kind of like, well, that makes it okay. But then again, you get all these personal greetings, you get these these things where Paul's saying things like, I'm writing this with my own hand, and yeah. you know, it just makes it kind of difficult. So again, so just in general, I tend to take Paul's epistles, you know, for what they what they are. That's my yeah. assumption. Now here's the other thing I'll say is um the other thing I think we're illustrating here is how important it is to, as much as possible to understand the occasion or the situation of a letter. Uh, we always say Paul's letters are occasional in that they are, they tend to be written to a specific situation. Yeah, responding to something. Yeah, and I think that in the when we get to Ephesians, I think we can understand a little bit about what's going on. So that's kind of what I want to do today. Okay. And then we'll dig into Ephesians 1 a little bit more. We are going to look at some passages in Ephesians and Colossians. 
um, and this book called Philemon as well, um, uh, Philemon for some people, but uh, the... <laughs> Some people call it that. I call it Philemon because I'm from I'm Dude. from Southern Indiana. So. Philemon, that's right. So that's that's what the guy down the street was known as. So uh, anyway, the oh go ahead and read Ephesians one one for me. Then yes. and here, here's one of the issues that we have with this. I yes. Think, so. Okay. So Ephesians one one. This is New International Version. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Pretty typical Pauline uh, greeting. And and for a letter of this period of time, what you typically have is three, any of these, we call them salutations, have three, or these sections have three parts to it. There's the sender, there's the recipients, and then there is the uh, um, salutation. Mm -hmm. And in Paul's case, he almost always says grace and peace to you, which is, is one he made up, it seems like, but... Uh, then the Christian community adopted it, but mm-hmm. but this idea of from Paul, and this is two. But but if you'll notice in your, I think you should have a footnote there in, in Ephesians one. Do you have something there? I do. What I say two. Uh, some early manuscripts do not have in Ephesus. Okay, so there are manuscripts that exist, and I would say there's some of the. It says. Let's say some of the earliest or some some manuscripts. This is Bible Gateway. Some early manuscripts do not have okay. in Ephesus. So some manuscripts don't have those words in Ephesus. So so when, when we're talking about a manuscript, we're talking about those early Greek copies of these Pauline epistles. And again, we've talked before about this, and I'll say some more about how these letters probably began to be copied and and put together. One of our very early episodes, we we discussed that when mm-hmm. we talked about how the Bible came came to be. But it says that some of these early manuscripts don't include the phrase to the Ephesians. So if you read that Ephesians 1, 1 without to the Ephesians, what would it say? To God's holy people, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father okay. and the Lord so, Jesus Christ. So it doesn't have to have those words in there. Mm-hmm. Now, what's what's potentially going on here? Um, I think there are, there are you know at least three things. So the first thing is that the earliest and best manuscripts do not include this phrase. The book of Colossians and Ephesians, as I've already mentioned, share an incredible amount of material. And then I want to show you something. Look at uh, um, Colossians chapter 4. Okay. Um, I, may, I may just tell you this now. But let, 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 yeah, look at, look at 4.7. Okay. Uh, just read that for, for right now. We'll come back to this a little uh, bit later. What is it? Tychicus? Tychicus is Tychicus how I say it. Yeah. We'll tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. Okay. So when he says he will tell you all about me, the idea is that uh, he's carrying this letter and he's going to he's gonna share additional information. Paul says this a couple of different other places. Now look over, in, in the, if you can, quickly over in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Mm-hmm. And verse 21, Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant of the Lord, will tell you everything so that you will also know how I am and what I am doing. And then verse 22 says, I'm sending him to you for this very purpose. You may know how we are and he may encourage you. Uh, and I didn't mention this, but Paul, this is this is an example of what we call a prison epistle. Paul is writing these from prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at Ephesians, I didn't mention this, but Ephesians 3.1, Ephesians 4.1, we'll get to those. Both of them mention that Paul is in chains when he's writing this. He's in prison when he's writing this. I think that he's in prison in Rome. Uh, the, I think the period of time is around 60s 
60 to 62 when he's in Rome in, in prison, and he's writing at that particular time. He can't come to Ephesus, so he's sending Tychicus. He's going to tell him about the situation, and he's sending, it seems, both of these letters. And you see the parallel, yeah. even the language mm-hmm. right there. You see how similar those are. Uh, and, and so Tychicus is is mentioned in both Ephesians and in Colossians as the one who's carrying this this letter. Now, here's the here's the thing that I think ties it together, and this is the third thing I wanted to mention, is there is a book we call Philemon that is addressed to some people in the church in Colossae. Okay, so you have the letter to the Colossians, mm-hmm. and then you have the letter to Philemon. Okay. And this letter to Philemon um, I think is sent about the same period of time. So here, here's the thing I want you to notice here. Uh, if you look at um, uh, Philemon um, in, in, well, I'm going to go ahead and read the first three verses here just to kind of give you a sense of it. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. So again, he's, he's writing from prison. Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier. And to the church that meets in your home. So it seems like these individuals were in Colossae. Now, the interesting thing is Colossae is not a major city, but it is in that region around Ephesus. Mm. Uh, we think it's probably a place that would have been planted, uh, that church would have come to, into existence, however you want to say this. Uh, I've been thinking From about Paul that being in Ephesians and Ephesus. From Paul being in Ephesus. He mentions Epaphras, which he mentions uh, later on. So what I think is happening here is that is that Paul is writing the letter to Philemon. Now, do you know anything about the letter to Philemon? I don't. Okay. I don't. <laughs> you don't know the reason it's written or anything? Okay. Well, I won't put you on the spot then. You just did. <laughs> there was this There was a slave who's mentioned in here by oh, the name yes, of Onesimus. Yeah. It's coming mm-hmm. back to you now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So there's a slave by the name of Onesimus who seems to have, some people think he's a runaway slave, whatever. There seems to be a break in relationship between Philemon, to mm-hmm. whom this letter is addressed, and Onesimus. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is sending Philemon back, and and basically he's saying, I want you to receive him now as a brother. And, and we'll look at the book of Philemon another time. He does all kinds of interesting things there. But basically Philemon, he's saying he's a Christian now. You need to receive him as this. He's writing this, this uh, letter to Philemon. And he's also writing, I think, at the same time, and some of the same people are mentioned. Uh, if you look in Philemon verses 23 and 24, I want you to notice this. Okay, let me see if I can get that pulled up. Oh, sorry, I didn't I didn't tell you to do that ahead of time, did I? No, you didn't, and I'm off the internet. You read it. Okay, here's Philemon 23 and 24. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. So Epaphras, now we'll come to him in Colossians a little bit later, but Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. As to Mark, Aristarchus, Demas and Luke, my fellow workers. Okay, so who do you notice there that's that's mentioned? Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, uh, Demas, and, and Luke. Luke. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if we look in Colossians, <clears throat> and this is in chapter four. Uh, verses 10 through 16, my fellow prisoner Aristarchus send you his greetings as do Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You've received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who's called justice, also sends greetings. <clears throat> and then he talks about that they're the only only Jews. Um, and then it talks down here in verse 14, our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Send my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and to the church in her, in her house. So it seems like there's this other church perhaps in Colossae 
that that meets at Nympha's house, and then there's mm-hmm. this church that meets perhaps at Philemon's house. So at least two churches that kind of house churches, which is kind of how it happened in that period of time. So we understand. But you notice a lot of those same people, a lot of the same who are, names who are mentioned. Now look at at Ephesians chapter six. I think you do have this. Yeah, let me get it up. Look at verses eleven. Let me see. Is that right? Hold on. Uh, I think I gave you the wrong passage here. Oh no, 20, 21 and twenty two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 21 and 20. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant of the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. So the point is there seems to be this connection between Ephesians and Colossians and Philemon. And so what I think is that they were sent at the same time. A lot of similarities mm. in language between Colossians and Ephesians. And then there seems to be similar kind of people who are mentioned in the in the greeting with Paul uh, when these when these letters are being sent. So all that together makes me think that these may have been sent together. Now, what you know why do i go through all this so <laughs> here's what i'm going to suggest is i think if you look at a map what you're going to see is ephesians is a port city and then there's a couple of important places that are mentioned hierapolis laodicea hierapolis at a later period of time laodicea you might remember is mentioned in in uh, the book of revelation mm-hmm. uh, hierapolis had a church that was very important in a later period of time and then Colossae is right down the road from those. So what might be happening here is Ephesians, what we have, what we call Ephesians, may be a circular letter that is written by Paul to be carried along by Tychicus while he's going with the express purpose of going to Colossae and dealing with the situation with Onesimus. Yeah, okay. Okay. So what I what I believe, this is kind of, and I know this is kind of putting a lot of stuff together here, mm-hmm. but what I believe is that Paul is sending Tychicus to help with the situation with Onesimus to make sure it works out the way that he Onesimus. wants. Yeah. Again, we'll talk about Philemon another day, but it, you know, Paul really wants things to work out in a particular way so Onesimus can come back and, and it seems like work with him. But he also understands the importance of reconciliation. That's a really interesting thing about the book of Philemon is it makes that very clear. One of the interesting interesting things about Philemon, too, is people wonder, why is it even in our New Testament? And I think this would help explain this. It, it's a very short book, right? It's one of those one-chapter books. It's written to a specific individual about a very specific situation. Why was it even preserved? But if Paul sent this letter that we call Ephesians to be carried along to the different churches on the way. So Tychicus would have stopped certainly at Ephesus. Mm -hmm. He would have also probably stopped at Laodicea and Hierapolis. In fact, he mentions that, right? Mm -hmm. And then he, 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 probably then went on to Colossae, which was kind of the end of the road if if he takes that path, mm-hmm. and carried specifically the letter to the Colossians and the letter to Philemon. So Colossians and Ephesians are very similar, but I'm going to show you one of the interesting differences here that we have in, in just a minute between these two. Okay. Uh, and then we'll come back maybe and think about how, how we could have some copies of this letter that say to the Ephesians and some don't. Okay. Gotcha. So let's go then. Uh, I have a couple passages I wanted to look at here uh, together. Let me see. What did I have? Um, did I not put this in here? Whoops. <laughs> That's all right. So look at one of our few episodes where we have notes. <laughs> and I forgot to put it in there. Yes. So look at Ephesians chapter five. <clears throat> this is an example of what we call a household list. Um, and we can start in about verse 21. 
Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll read part of this because there's a couple of interesting word things. We'll talk about this later, so so don't don't get too hung up on it. But submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's kind of the overriding um, context here. And then in verse 22 it says, "Wives to your husbands as to the Lord." The reason I skipped submit there is because that word is taken from the previous verse. Uh, again, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, and then verse 25, husbands love your wife. This is an example of what we call a household list. So wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives. Uh, then down in chapter six, verse one, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Verse four, fathers did not exasperate your children, said bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Five, slaves obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as, they, as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart, so serve wholeheartedly as if serving the Lord, not people, uh, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours in heaven, and there's no favoritism with them. So this is an example of a household list. A couple of interesting things, and again, we'll talk about this later. Paul puts the wife first, uh, which would be unusual. There are there are other household lists that the Stoic philosophers use during this period of time, but Paul places the wife first. He gives a lot of instruction to the husband here in this mm-hmm. case, and and, uh, and it's the same with the slaves and the masters. He puts the slaves first, right? And then, and then talks about the master's responsibility as well. But here's the other interesting thing, then. If we look over in um, uh, Colossians chapter 3, I didn't go through all of the Ephesians. I'll invite you to you know read that yourself in five and six. It's quite a lengthy thing, mm-hmm. but chapter six is pretty. Uh, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter three is pretty abbreviated. Mm. Same list, yep. same same order. But here's what it says. I'm going to read the whole thing in verse 18. Wives submit to your husband is fitting to the Lord. Husbands love your wives and not be harsh with them. Children obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. Fathers do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves. Obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and curry, to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as is working for you, the Lord, not human masters, since you know that you will receive an uh, inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. So uh, in that whole list... Who does Paul spend the most time on? Slaves. Okay. In, in Colossians. Again, there's lots of parallels with Ephesians, but mm-hmm. isn't it interesting that this letter that's going probably at the same time with Philemon, dealing with this issue of maybe a runaway slave or at least some kind of broken relationship mm-hmm. between a master and slave, Paul spends that much time talking about the, the, the responsibility of slaves living in this particular kind of way. Again, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll address this another time to talk about what slavery was like in this period of time and, yep. and, and things that we can take from it. But isn't that interesting that Paul spends that much time in this household list in Colossians dealing with the issue of, of slaves' responsibility? Yeah. And he's sending back this perhaps runaway slave to, to reconcile with his master. And so that's why I think Paul's sending these letters. That, that's, I think, that's the primary reason, and he's like, I'm not going to waste this trip as I'm sending 
And so he's going to also address the other churches along the way. And you can imagine as Tychicus is going, everybody's going to be going, what's going on with Paul? I heard he's in prison in Rome. What's you know? And that's one of the things that Paul has to address. And we'll see this in Ephesians. One of the things he has to address is what's going on with, with Paul. Does this mean that the gospel somehow falls or is there mm-hmm. something going on? One of the things that Paul has to address in the prison epistles is this idea that he's, he's in prison. So if, if this is the case, Again, Colossians, the the town of the village. Again, it's a small village. Hmm. Why would Paul have even addressed a letter to there? I think it's because of the situation with Onesimus and Philemon. Hmm. Uh, it's interesting. I thought this and taught this a long time. Uh, when when Wright came out with his big book on Paul, it's interesting. He starts with Philemon first, and I'll I'll say something else about this when when I'm done saying what I want to say about Ephesians, mm-hmm. but. But here's the other interesting thing I think we have going on with the letter to the Ephesians then. It, it doesn't contain personal greetings. Paul would have certainly known the people in Ephesus during this mm-hmm. period of time, but perhaps sent along. And so, again, what you said is there's he's not going to make a wasted trip. He's going to write some things. They're going to be parallel to some of the other things he says in Colossians, but they're much more general as well. Uh, Colossians, I think there are some very specific things he's wanting to address in these churches. This, mm-hmm. We think there are probably two churches, Nymphus, the church in Nymphus' house and the church in uh, in Philemon's house. Is kind of the way we've we've imagined. And again, mm-hmm. it's 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 conjecture. It's it's kind of reconstruction. But we've imagined there's at least a couple churches there going on. It seems like Epaphras, he's mentioned uh, in Colossians. He probably is from Colossae. He may have been the person who originally um, uh, carried the gospel to, to Colossae, but he's with Paul, mm-hmm. and he's going to come back as well as part of what's going on with them. But uh, you know, it, it seems like that's the main concern is the church in Colossae and what's going on. But as, as Tychicus goes, Paul also writes a more general letter. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to call it a general epistle, not specifically to a situation in Ephesus. But he was just like, if Tychicus is coming through here, they're going to be like, where's the, where's something for us? <laughs> sort of, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're wondering about what, you know, what does Paul have to say to us? Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. But here's the other interesting thing. Do you, do, you, do you remember this mention, and people have conjectured about this. This is one of the reasons that I first uh, started thinking about this. So it mentions the greetings to Laodicea in, in the end of the book of Colossians. But there's also this this comment about the read the letter to the to the Laodiceans and people have kind of wondered what this is. And there's even some people who've tried to, you know, in a later period of time, tried to write a letter to the Laodiceans that supposedly was from Paul and was rejected and this kind of thing. But but I think that Paul would have had Tychicus carry this letter to each of those churches along the way. Now, what I think would have happened. And it's not just me. There are other people who think so papyrus was a relatively valuable thing in this day. You didn't have a lot of extra of it laying around. If Paul wrote this letter and, and just like you read it the second time, it said just to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And so Tychicus carries it to the church in Ephesus. Let's say they probably would have had scribes there. We would have wanted to make copies of that. And maybe also copies of the other letters as well, like Colossians and Philemon. Mm-hmm. And then he would have gone from there, let's say, to Laodicea. But when they make that copy, they may have inserted at that point to the church in Ephesus. Or it's possible that Paul would have written a letter and one of them said to the church in Ephesus, one said was identical, except said to the church in Laodicea. Mm-hmm. But what I, can, what I can imagine is them 
copying this letter as they went. And then as Paul's letters begin to be collected together, and I didn't mean to do this, but but if you look in, let me see if I can find this quickly. In 2 Peter, uh, Peter mentions this. And again, this is this is an example of me kind of taking the letters at their, at their face value, uh, because I believe 2 Peter is also written uh, by the by the apostle Peter, um, and uh, he mentions. Let me see if I can find this quickly. I didn't. I, I didn't intend to do this, so we're off script now. Way off. <laughs> Look in chapter three of the book of Second Peter. Mm-hmm. Have, have you got that? Yep, I'm there. Um, let me. I'll go ahead and just read this. So, verse fourteen. So then, dear friends, this is a Second Peter chapter three, verse fourteen. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which we always talk about, yes. uh, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures, which are to their own own, uh, uh, own destruction. The other thing we talk about is that Paul's, if this is by Peter, Peter is comparing, and I believe it is, Peter's comparing Paul's letters to the other scripture. That's one of the ways that we, we kind of buoy this up. You know, the apostle Peter understood these uh, to, be, to be scripture. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing I want to go back to, to look at is if this is by Peter, he wrote it before he was killed in Rome under Nero. Mm-hmm. And and at that time already, he's able to talk about all of Paul's epistles. Now, I don't know which one he's talking about, but the word all here indicates he's at least talking about three. Oh, yeah. And he's able to talk about them as gathered, as collected together. Mm-hmm. And something that, that was already available you know, so widely available to, to, to a wide audience. So I think this is the way that the New Testament began to be collected together is something like what happened when Paul wrote the letter to Philemon and how it got in. I think is probably it gets copied along with the letter to the Colossians, the letter to Ephesians, which is probably also exact, in my opinion, exactly the same as the letter to Laodiceans, this circular epistle that he sends as well. And so that already you've got three letters collected together um, as People traveled, you know, like, like, um, you know, and, and you've got Luke traveling with Paul. I think they're probably making copies of things like the letter to the Romans and the letter to the first and second Corinthians, you know, the first and mm-hmm. second letter to the Corinthians. And, and they begin to be gathered together. And that's the beginning of now what we call the New Testament, what we, you know, this canon that were understood to be uh, the Holy Spirit inspired uh writings that were collected together. I think Paul's letters were some of the earliest that were collected together in that way. So, so that this is, uh, you know, just gives us a little insight, I think, into how something like that happens so that Peter can refer to um, all of the letters of Paul, you know, at least three or four of them that are collected together. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I had never made those connections between, I mean, you and I had talked briefly about the Ephesian, the Philemon and uh, how right. it's all traveling together, but even to see in Peter, then like this idea that, hey, this is 
it's just these it's these little things that I'm not going to say the word hidden. They're not hidden in there, no, but it, but you it's, just have to you have to kind of put them together, put them together, right. and to see like, oh yes, we right. understand now how this is all starting to happen. Right, and as we go through Ephesians, and again, when you read Ephesians and Colossians side by side, there's a lot of parallel. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of similar similar kind of teaching, and the more you look at it, the more you recognize there's similarities here between them. Ephesians is a little bit longer, and again, it's a little bit more general because I think it's not written. It's not like he's going, oh, there's a situation in Ephesus that I need to address. It's different in that in in um, like Corinth the the Corinthian correspondence. We always talk about First Corinthians. You know, there's a list. Oh yeah, and, and Paul says first this, second that. You know, basically here are the things you wrote me this letter, and I'm addressing these things now. Here, let me talk about some other things that you need to hear. <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> well, several yeah. more things, yeah, right? Yes. But but it's written to a specific situation, a specific occasion. Uh, but I think Ephesians is is a much more general kind of uh, kind of an idea. It in some ways you're gonna one of the things you're interested in is the doctrine of Ephesians, and in some ways it's similar to Romans in that mm-hmm. Romans again is a very it's general in the sense that Paul is kind of just laying out teaching mm-hmm. rather than responding to a specific situation in Rome. Now again, I think there's a reason he's writing. Mm-hmm. And and maybe we'll see that someday, but but he is he is not he is not writing to a specific kind of problem the church in Rome is having. There's a problem in the church of Colossae and has to do with Philemon. It's centered on these this relationship between Philemon and Onesimus, whatever made that situation difficult. And there's different people who've imagined different things regarding that. Did Philemon, you know, mistreat Onesimus? Did Onesimus um, somehow run away? And I'll go ahead and give this away. Uh, uh, Paul says in the letter to Philemon, if if he owes you anything, charge it to my account. So basically, if you know, if 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 Onesimus stole something when he left, or if he mm-hmm. broke something, or whatever, mm-hmm. or just the 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 lost wages, you know, the mm-hmm. the lost service. Mm-hmm. If he owes you anything, charge it to me. Paul says. Now he does go on to say, not to mention that you owe me my, your very soul. But, <laughs> but who's counting? Am I right? <laughs> right? Just put it on my account. So. <laughs> put it on the tab. <laughs> gotcha. Right. Yeah. Any, anything else you want to? No. T- what talk do you, about what do you think this? is the main? Uh, what's the main message of Ephesians? Like, what do you? Why do you think Ephesians? Is, right. I mean, just kind of a general thing. Like, what do you think is? great about the book of Ephesians or what is great about it. I think, I think one of the main themes, you know, and again, I don't know if I'd want to come down on one, one main theme, but I think it has to do with who we are in Christ, which Mm -hmm. is, which is an important thing. Uh, I think it's focused very much upon what, what we have, uh, because we are in Christ. So it's, it's kind of an encouragement in that way. Again, Mm -hmm. a general kind of epistle. It's trying to remind the churches, uh, to, to stay strong in the midst of uh, some of the difficulties they may face. But but again, kind of reminding, uh, not to give away too much, but if you look at Ephesians 1, mm-hmm. um, you know, and of course, it does remind us of the duties. We you know we have the whole thing with the, the fruit of the Spirit. We have... Or, we you know, no, I'm sorry, not fruit of the spirit, but we have a vice virtue list here. We have the uh, you know the household list that I mentioned. But if you look at chapter one, um, uh, oh, I, I tell you, my favorite part. Of, I can't wait till we get to chapter three. Uh, Paul makes a prayer there for the. And in fact, go ahead and look at. I was going to look at one. I'm, now I'm going to have you look at three. Okay. Uh, look at three fourteen. And do you have your header? 
Can you see your headers yes. in that version? It says a prayer for the Ephesians. Okay. So it, interesting. Again, if this is a letter written not to the Ephesians, but to the church in general, which I believe, then what I understand here is this is a prayer that Paul is making on behalf of the church as a whole. And I tell you, I think Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 is some of the most powerful uh, verses in our New Testament. And and I think if we could grab a hold of that, I'll, I'll save that for a later episode. Yeah. That'll, that'll give you something to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Go back to Ephesians chapter one then. Um, this will probably be something we talk about the the next time um, that, that that we're together. Uh, it talks about, and, and we, you know, we, we you're interested in this idea of election, this idea of uh, we were also chosen having been predestined. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's a can be a controversial topic. It is a controversial topic and one that you want to talk about a lot. So in verse... 12, it says, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory, and you also were included in Christ when you heard this message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, which we talked about the Holy Spirit Mm in a recent episode, who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession and the praise of his glory. So you see I'm saying? That's all about who who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, kind of the confidence that we can have in in what it means to be in Christ. Um, You know, there's there's a lot of people, we've talked before about uh, kind of the the idea of those who really – how to say it's promote a version of Christianity that is kind of a victorious kind mm-hmm. of an idea, but but there is a way in which we are called uh, to recognize the, the 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 surety the the confidence of the of the calling that we have, and I think that Ephesians talks a lot about that. Yeah, great. Well, this is this is going to be great. You know, yeah, I, what excited. I like to think is is you know just as we've kind of set this up is to think about maybe Ephesians as more of a general letter to all. I mean. All right. of the, all of the New Testament revelation is for us, but to think to right. think about how Paul has written this as just a message to the church and something for them to remember. So, so you know, and you're always asking me kind of the what what so, so what, what question? Yeah, yeah but so I think what? I think the thing is instead of looking to Ephesus, so so in the book of Revelation. We often, with the cell letter seven churches, mm-hmm. you know, everybody likes to look at those because they're relatively easy to understand <laughs> yeah. compared to the rest of the There's Revelation. nothing after the, chapter three. <laughs> but uh, the people like to talk about what the situation is in Ephesus. And here, I don't think the situation in Ephesus is as much the the, the, the question as it is kind of in, in the whole uh, church in that in that region and what do they need to hear not a specific situation but what do they need to understand about what it means to be a christian what it means to be in christ is i think really the the primary focus so very good i'm excited for this good well i'm glad yeah, yeah i think it's a good you know again we're always looking for for um, listener input and i think this was a good suggestion we'll kind of hang out in ephesians for a while but we'll include uh some other things along the way and uh and i think this episode is great again we always talk about context right you know to get that context to understand you know that that's always i think the problem with with paul not paul as a problem is we don't hear the other side of the conversation we don't know right everything you know we don't know what the situation with those philemon yeah. uh, and onesimus yeah. just um, to make to the reference you're making there is, is people compared the the letters to yeah one side of a phone conversation yeah. and we've all been in that situation in fact i was in the car yesterday and my wife was talking on the phone it's like you know you can pick up some of it but it's like and you, she gets on the phone it's like what was that about yeah you, know, you can so. fill in the gaps however you want to but right. you know to understand the context of this yeah. i think is really important it's going to really help us dive into it and understand i think so what's i think yeah. I think, and i think it's good it's good teaching for us uh, today i think yeah absolutely well brian thanks so much yeah good to talk to you ryan yeah see you bye Thank you.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Next week, Brian and I will be looking at Ephesians 1. We hope you will join us for that. Thanks again for joining us at the table in the bistro. We will be back Tuesday.